I just want to speak for a few minutes uh, tonight because uh, the purpose, of course, is to come, is to worship the Lord and to hear about him and to consider something which he said. On the invitation leaflets that we delivered around the area here, uh, I have a verse, and on that verse, uh, the part of it which I wrote on those leaflets was from John's Gospel in chapter 10 and the 10th verse, where he says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. These are the words of the Lord Jesus and has much reference, of course, to the fact that he was with the Father before the world was. In fact, in John chapter 17, those words are recorded for us. And it says there in John 17, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And he says then also in verse 5, And now, O Father, glorify thee, thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So these words which he utters here, uh, that I am come, uh, that uh, they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, are the words of the gospel. This is why Christ came. But there is a context here, of course. And we'll just read some of the words of this chapter before we look at it in a little, uh, in very short detail. So in chapter 9 of verse 40, which is the uh, last verse or penultimate verse of that uh, chapter, in chapter 9 of John's Gospel and, chap- uh, and uh, uh, verse 40, And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, if ye were blind, ye should have no sin. Or that word hamartia uh, can also be error, uh, that ye should have no error. But now ye say, we see, therefore your sin or your error remaineth. Verily, verily, or truly, truly I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not the things they they were which he spake unto them then said jesus unto them again verily verily i say unto you i am the door of the sheep all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them i am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So in the midst of these parables, different parables, uh, which were given here, uh, there is these words, I am come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. But you'll note, perhaps, that he speaks about those who have come before him as being thieves and robbers, which is a strange thing. And uh, that word pro in the, in the Greek uh, can be taken in three different ways. It can be taken spatially. Uh, so you are before me and I am before you because you can look upon me and I'm in front of you. It can be taken temporally and that is that uh, before this service uh, we were doing something else, perhaps travelling here. And it can be taken metaphorically also. Uh, here uh, we could make a, a case for it being um, uh, spatially. Because in that 40th verse of chapter 9, uh, the Pharisees are standing before him. And they ask the question, are we blind also? And Jesus has much to say to the Pharisees because the Pharisees were teaching something which wasn't true. They had an organized religion. We hear about organized religion these days. And uh, you might sit here tonight and think, well, this is not very organized uh, here in this service. So this is not organized religion. That's not what it means, of course. But it's having a hierarchy, it's having people doing this and people doing that and getting in uh, the funds and, uh, and making sure, sure everything's in the right place and uh, that kind of an organized religion. Uh, and there are certainly many who are involved in such a thing. It's become an industry and religion can so often and so easily become an industry. Uh, I heard some time ago uh, of, uh, of a case of someone talking about religion in relation to modern music. And how that if you can get a following, if you can get people to follow your teachings, then you will make a lot of money out of it. Well, we see it in this day, don't we? People have their WhatsApp accounts and their TikTok accounts and they are influencers. We hear about the influencers and they give their opinions and everybody has an opinion. You may have wondered at some point or other why it is that we have sportsmen and women standing up and saying what our politics ought to be. Or what our morality ought to be. Everybody seems to have an opinion. And if you happen to be one of those who is recognized in the world, then you can get people to follow you. And that is all an, uh, an organized religion. It's not just a, a, those who pick up a Bible or, or even, uh, should we say, a Quran or anything else which is organized. But any kind of a thing where people are moralizing and have followers, those are the organized religions. But Jesus is saying here that those people are thieves and robbers. Why? Well, because they are stealing. They are stealing people who should be worshipping the Lord God of heaven. They are taking the hearts. They are taking the minds. They are taking very often the money of the people. They are taking their efforts. They are taking uh, so much from them. And indeed, we might even say they are taking from them eternal life. Because life is in Christ and in Christ alone. He says that those who have come before me, and perhaps he is speaking here of the scribes and of the Pharisees who came, came before him and said, are we blind also? 
to whom Jesus says, if you were blind, you would not have error because you just didn't know. But you say that you see. You say that you are right. You are teaching the people of Israel, my sheep. You are teaching them that I am not the Messiah. You are teaching them that they need to put money into the, into the temple. That they need to work this and they need to do that in order to attain heaven. And those things are not true. You say you know, but you don't know. And Jesus, as he speaks so often to them, speaks things which they do not understand. We read those very words here in verse 6 of chapter 10. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. They said they saw, but they didn't see. Lord Jesus warns us about the thieves and the robbers who take away our hearts from Christ and put it on something else. The church is not the answer. The priest is not the answer. The things that we do in our lives, the works that we do, helping one another even, uh, and being kind and, and having all of the good works that we feel the, uh, that God is going to look upon in that day, if indeed we accept that there is a God. And Jesus says, but it's not true. It's not true because those works, no matter how good those works may be, those works don't wipe out the sin. And the sin remains. And the sin cannot enter into my presence. You need someone to deal with the sin. And it is Christ who deals with the sin. He says then in this verse 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill. Not to murder, not to, to stab someone, not to destroy them in that way. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you are not saved in that day, when your life comes to an end, when you stand before the judgment seat of God, you have been killed. You have been killed. And Jesus is con constantly warning people, this world will take your hearts and your minds away from the truth and you will perish in it. Because this world itself will come to an end. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so he says, I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Oh, we don't have time, of course, to go through the scriptures and show uh, how that this whole doctrine works. But we can see from this very chapter that Jesus says concerning his life in verse 17, Therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. And this is how Christ laid down his life for us. He laid down his life as our representative of all those that would put their faith in him, a representative which God in his grace accepted on our behalf and says, if we accept him, if we will trust him, then the, the wrath and the judgment of God will fall upon him and it won't touch you. And Jesus says, I lay down my life. No man takes it from me. I lay it down. I lay it down to save my people. I lay it down to save these sheep. I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. As we read on through the New Testament, we see how the Apostle Paul sees these things and seeks to explain them to us. And he, he says in Ephesians how that we are, uh, or in Romans rather, we are, we are buried with him and raised together with him. In Ephesians, raised and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. Because when Christ laid down his life, he was dead. And when he rose again from the dead, he brings his people with him. And hence we read of being born again. And hence we read of being filled with the Spirit of God. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That is our salvation. That is salvation for you. That is a salvation which can be taken from you. If you are following after the thieves and the robbers. You might say there are many thieves and robbers around at Christmas time who want your money. And advertise incessantly, come and buy this, come and buy that, come and do this, come and do that. And, well, we are surrounded by anything except God. Because every strange doctrine is set before us. But Jesus says, I have not come to gain anything out of you. I have come to give everything for you. Because God does not gain there is no gain for God here. God is complete and full. There is nothing that we can add to him. He doesn't need us. He doesn't require us. And yet, he is of such a gracious nature that he would have us to be with him. And in such a way that he is willing to come into this world, to take flesh like ours, to be abused and rejected, to die on the cross... And rise again the third day that you might be saved. That's the gospel. That's why we rejoice at the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's why it is when we examine ourselves and find ourselves unworthy, we can still rejoice because we're not good enough to go to heaven. People say that Christians are, are um, holier than thou. Oh, but they're not. Not in any way. Because every Christian who has trusted Christ has come to the conclusion that we are not worthy. That we are sinners, that we are lost, that we, that we deserve nothing but destruction and death. Our boast, the Apostle Paul actually uses the words, our boast is in Christ. For Christ has done it all. And we gather together uh, here this evening to sing these hymns and to hear these words. And, well, there is so much in Scripture. It's not actually a very huge book, is it? Um, I, did, I read it three times one year because I read 1% a day. And it's really not such a huge book, but it is so full. There was a preacher once, and he said, well, I, I'm going to go into the ministry, but I, I'm not really sure how I'm ever going to be able to preach uh, for such a long time because I'm just a young man, and I'm going to run out of things to say. Well, when he was an old man, he realized that there were so many things he hadn't said, so many things he hadn't brought before his congregation, so many uh, aspects, so many connections, so many blessings that it could never be exhausted. And I'm blessed every day as I read the scriptures and see new things, new connections. But they all point back to Christ and to him be the glory because he only is worthy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly not just life in this world, 
Not even sometimes life in this world, but eternal life. Life of such a quality that the world cannot see it nor understand it. And they think we're crazy, but we rejoice nevertheless. Oh, that the Lord would speak to your heart, that you would hear his voice. He says this, doesn't he, in this very uh, chapter, in verse 2, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ? We read in verse 16 here, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Of course, he's speaking to the Jews. Uh, He was not sent, he says in his own words, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But he says, I have another fold. And there, these are the Gentiles. There's you and I. Unless you're Jewish, there's you and I. And the Lord will bring us. And there is one fold. Not the Jews and the Gentiles anymore, but those who call themselves by the name of the Lord. Those who call themselves Christians. But it's not what we're called that is important. But it is knowing that voice. May you hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ calling you this evening to follow him. That you may know life and know it more abundantly.